0: You know, there's some things happening in our world. I want to just hit this right at the very beginning. I want to talk to you a little bit about the image of God in you today. And I want you to to see some things that are creating this challenge to people living out and understanding and appreciating the image of God in them. The first one is social decay. Lawlessness, the loss of economic discipline, and the rise of bureaucracy causes social decay in our world. And it was a great reminder when you drive not very many miles from this location into the same city and see how different things can be. It's like when you cross over into the border of Mexico and you say, how could things be so different? And it really comes back to this matter of economic discipline and bureaucracy and bad leadership. Then there's cultural decay. Decline in education, the weakening of cultural foundations, and the loss of respect for tradition. And when you see these things happening, when you see things that, that are always budgetary things in school systems, like we can no longer provide arts and music and different things, you know that that's a cultural decline. When you see people who are protesting uh, what's happening in the environment by throwing paint on, on masterpieces of art, with no value, you know that's a cultural decline. And then there's moral decay, the rise of immorality in our world, the decay of religious beliefs, and the devaluation of family and life. Those are all things that we're dealing with, and the church is called to be the light in the world. We can't afford the luxury of just being in our holy huddles, loving one another, and thanking God we're going to heaven while the world all around us goes to hell. We have to be better than that. We have to carry out the great commission of God. First thing I wanna tell you to do is to raise a family. I remember one time in seminary, we had a guy that came and preached, and and he'd been very successful in what he did, and we asked him, what were the keys? And he said, well, I preached the Bible, and I didn't tell anybody about birth control. I think that's really funny. You know, part of the problem that's happening in our world today is people are choosing not to have children. Now, some people can't have children. We pray for them. But some people are choosing not to have children for economic reasons. I want to I challenge you today. I, I want to see, we have multiple families that have four or more kids in this church. And I just want to challenge you to double your numbers. Amen? I mean, I, there's a lot of pregnant women in the church right now. It kind of looks like a scene out of bumper cars sometimes, but we love it. Listen to what it says. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Now just stop and let that sink in for a moment. You're not a biological blob. You're, you were never a fetus. You're always a human being. And he says, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Now, there's so much truth right there, but I want you just to think about this. First of all, God is a creator, God. You were created. You did not evolve. Evolution, you cannot be an evolutionist and understand the Bible. God, it says, because if you discount, it says God created, then you discount the authority of the word of God. That's right. So you start off in the first chapter on the wrong foot. Yep. But then what did he do? He created man different than the animal world. Yes. Amen. We're, not, we're not just animals that happen to have more intelligence and somehow a soul. We are very unique. We are so unique that the Bible says that that we will judge the very angels of God. So, what is image and what is likeness? Well, it is to reflect God's nature and God's design. What is it in you that when you do something wrong you feel bad? It's God's design. It's a conscience. When you take your conscience and you empower it with the Holy Spirit of God, you become a supernatural being living in flesh on earth, reflecting the very nature and the design of God. When God created you, he created you body, soul, and spirit. In the same way, the triune God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When God wants to communicate divine truth, he'll do it in threes. When he made time, he did past, present, and future. Three primary colors make up every color. We could go on and on and talk about God's design, but secondly, it's man's spiritual mirroring of God's essence. Do you realize that when you look into the mirror, there is a reflection of God in you? And as you come to know God, the Bible says, we with unveiled faces are beholding in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. And this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So when you look into the mirror and you wish you looked like somebody else, or you disregard the very design that God has, you are actually taking a shot at God. Why would you want to be like somebody else? Why would you want to look like somebody else? We've all had that. You know, I, I, I wish I was six foot eight. Then I would be the right weight. Amen? I, I realize the problem is not my weight, it's my height. I told the doctor that. He didn't think it was that funny. But also, you have the ability to act with authority as God's delegate. Do you realize that God gave us Power and authority. You say, well, that was just for Adam, and then he sinned. Do you realize the same great commission was given also to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? See, God doesn't hold back. God doesn't make you a second class citizen in the kingdom, any one of you. We're all created in his likeness and in his image. And if you think about what that means, and you begin to appreciate it, now you're not devaluing yourself. You're actually putting yourself in the proper place. You're not exalting yourself. You just say, "No, I am. I am a divine creation of Almighty God." That's right. Now, your human side is your imperfection, and we all have those. We all have shortcomings, and we will until one day we're with Him in glory. The Bible says that when Christ appears, we shall see him as he is, and we will be like him. Amen. But until then, we've got to deal with one another, amen? Second thing I want you to say is to, we need to raise an army. Yes. This is what it says in Genesis 1, 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Do you realize that the agenda of God is the exact opposite of those who are trying to do zero population growth, who are trying to control the environment? See, God doesn't seem to be worried about too many people. In fact, if, if overpopulation is a problem, we just move everybody to Kansas. Nobody's living there. There's 8 million people in New York City, but there's only 1 million people in Montana, Kim. Kim? So there's plenty of room. What does dominion mean? Dominion means, first of all, it means identity. Who am I? You see, the reason there's so much gender confusion in our world is because people have departed from God. When you walk away from God, you have no purpose, you have no identity, you have no meaning, because you go, well, am I just another person on planet Earth making up the 8 billion people on planet Earth? No, you're creating the image of God. God created them, male and female. It's pretty clear. Sex and gender is the same thing. There's two. There's not a 100. How confusing is this world right now for young people? I mean, I'm confused, and I don't have to deal with it every day in a classroom. But you see, it's the church's job to help the kids survive those hostile environments that we as adults have caused them to, to experience. They didn't get in this mess without us just keeping our mouths shut. That's how they got in the mess. And the godly teachers in the schools that are trying their best, they're, they're pushing against this all the time, all day long. We need to lift up those godly teachers in the schools that are trying to make a difference in the world. They're missionaries. They used to be employees, now they're missionaries. Secondly is purpose. Why am I here? You're here to serve the living God. You are called for that very divine purpose, to serve the living God. And what you do is you say, well, what am I supposed to do? Do what you love. You love to teach school? Then teach school, but serve the living God. Well, I I want to be an architect. Then go be one. What do you think God wants? I don't think he really cares. What you be? I just think he wants you to go do what you love to do and glorify him in everything you do. <laughs> Listen to what it says in Psalm 127. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Now think about that word heritage. Children are a heritage from whom? From the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Your children are to be like arrows in your hand. So are children of one's youth. Happy is a man who has his quiver full of them. In other words, the more arrows, the happier you're going to be. Thus, have babies. Raise an army. Amen? You say, well, I can't have any children. Well, then adopt them. We have a great adoption attorney in our church, Ted Humans, and he will be glad to work with you, and we'll put children that are in difficult situations into your home. You can raise up an army yourself. Raise a generation who openly display the power of God. That should be our agenda. This little guy that got up here. You know, I don't know if you watch, but when he's talking, he's, got, he's tapping his foot. He's got... He's got some rhythm in him he hasn't released yet, but it's coming. Amen? But what would happen if you, just, if you could raise up children from the earliest age to really demonstrate the almighty power of God in their daily life? Think about how great that would be. And then resist those forces, resist those forces that seek to harm the heritage of the Lord. See, we are in a resistance And we're in a defensive, offensive warfare all the time. You can't just say, oh, how bad is that? It's just gotten so bad, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to have to find a safer place to live. (laughs) I think I'll move to Tennessee. Or Idaho. Or someplace where there's not problems. Such Such a missionary heart. I'm sorry, I just don't have any use for it. I just... You know, I'm here to stay in California. I want to be buried on the hill behind my house. I asked our landscaper, I said, can you bury me up there? He said, it'd be very expensive. And I said, why? He said, it's a big hole. (laughs) Last month, California Governor Newsom launched a pro-abortion billboard in seven states that have restrictive abortion laws Newsom corrupts the word of, of Jesus in Mark 12, 31 by posting this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than this. So we love our neighbor as ourselves. This is the corruption. This is how Satan perverts the word of God through our governor and says if you really love somebody, you will encourage them to have an abortion. Now let's watch the video. We're going to show you a video that, was, that, that shows the billboards. Then we're going to show you a counter video that explains who really is our neighbor. So watch the screens. I'm proud to be able to put those billboards up. Proud to be in a position to be able to afford it and do so through the campaign. Our donors are asking for more of that. They believe in women's freedom and right to choose. you see that baby in the womb, I don't know what, I don't know if that moves you, but babe, we need to have more children. <laughs> don't be laughing, you start too. You say, oh, I'm too old, remember Sarah? Abraham and Sarah, all right, she laughed and God fixed her, all right. You know, and we have resources right in this house. You know, sometimes we don't realize this is like a this is like a treasure chest yeah. right in here. You know, whether it's Ted and Cheryl who who do adoption or whether it's Vicky Smith, chairman of the board of OBRIA. Vicki, raise your hand right there. Yeah. Who provides not only a, a, a just an unbelievable medical services, but also a counter to abortion yeah. and and love and kindness. And and I I'm struck by the fact that we can make a difference. It's not like they can. No, we, you can make a difference in the world. Bill Johnson said this, the invasion of God into impossible situations comes through a people who have received power from on high and learned to release it in the circumstances of life. And then I want to ask you to raise a voice, raise a family, raise an army, Raise a voice. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 44. For I will pour out water on a thirsty land. Are you thirsty? This land is thirsty for God, amen? The Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That is, they don't have the word of God. You have it. You need to be pouring it out on the thirsty land, the streams in the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up among the grass with the will, like the willows by flowing streams. You see, we need, to, we need to bring this into life every day. We need to think about how we're gonna be a voice in our situation, how we're going to make a difference in our world. Do you realize that heaven cannot stop what God has planned? Hell cannot stop what God has planned. Hell cannot stop what God has planned for his people. You know, the Bible says that, he says, I will build my church and not even the gates of hell will prevail against my church. Do you realize that you realize that God wants you to assail the gates of hell? Amen? Amen? You see his word the Bible says will not return void. He says when I send it out it's going to have an effect. But you've got to get the word of God out there. Do you realize the greatest revival will come in the last days before the return of the Lord? There's a latter rain coming. There's a move of God coming. And the real question is will you be a part of it? Will you be a part of it by prayer? You know, you we underestimate the power of prayer. When you pray When everybody in this room prays one minute a day, think about how many minutes it is a day. What if you pray five or 10? You see, we have to exercise the power and the authority and the dominion that God has given us. We need to raise our voice, Amen? amen? Raise your voice to truth, first of all. Raise your voice to truth. When justice is not done, raise your voice. When God is silenced in your world, raise your voice. When truth is suppressed, raise your voice. When evil is called good, raise your voice. Isaiah the prophet said, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Raise your voice to hope. The Bible says in Isaiah 61.3, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You've been discouraged lately, you've been looking at the way the world's going, the Bible says put on the garment of praise. God inhabits the praises of his people. When you begin to shout and give glory to God, something happens, amen? You see, there's something about God's presence that comes when we begin to praise. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, I don't have much hope. You have the Holy Spirit? Well, yeah. Then release him. He'll bring you all the hope you need. Colossians chapter one in verse 27, it says, it's Christ in you. The hope of glory. Do you realize Christ in you gives you hope? You can walk in the power, the authority, and the goodness of God. Titus 2.13, listen to this. Looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says keep one eye looking for the blessed hope and keep one eye on what you're doing because you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ on planet Earth. You're a son and a daughter of the living God. The Bible says you're like a royal diadem in the hand of God and he turns you every way to see every facet of your glory, every facet of your depth and your love for him. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1:3, we have been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Do you believe that's true? Then stand to your feet. Shout with your voice and give God the glory today. Let's give him praise. Let's inhabit the praises of God right now. He's gonna, let's go into the kingdom and let's give glory. Pray for this state. Pray for your community. Pray for your family. Pray for your neighbor. And let's give God the glory. Amen.